0: Welcome to the Jam Frequency Radio Show. This is John DiMaria, your friendly host. Every week here on the Jam Frequency Radio Show, we get to discover up-and-coming artists as well as living legends. We get to know their stories, how they create music, and what makes them unique as artists. The Jam Frequency Radio Show, where words and music kaleidoscope. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jam Frequency Radio Show. Today we've got the pleasure of speaking with Sanford Street. They're a four-piece rock band based in West L.A. comprised of George Macrinos. Am I saying that right? (laughs) George Macrinos on guitar and vocals, Eric Hatch-Gann on keyboard and vocals, Danny Rossman on drums, and Guy Silliman on bass. Sanford Street mixes rock, funk, and jazz influences with a driving and energetic beat to create a dynamic, unique, and funky sound. The band has played throughout Southern California for over 10 years, and we have the pleasure of actually speaking with three of the members, and then we'll see if George on guitar meets up with us later. But how are you guys doing?
1: Great. Doing good.
0: I really do appreciate you guys talking to us. We're looking forward to seeing you here in the Eastern Sierra at the June Lake Jam Fest. For those who don't know you, and that could be many of us up here in the Eastern Sierra, we want to get to know the backstory of you. Let's start with Sanford Street as a band name. How did that come about, Hatch?
2: Well, uh, Danny and Guy and I got together years ago. We were all part of different bands. We wanted to explore our a little more creative way of playing that was away from our maybe cover bands that we might have been. Guy and I joined another band, played for several years. We just wanted to scratch our jam itch. so We reached out. Guy and Danny met Craigslist back in the day and then guy told me I should come on over, and then uh, we started just uh, hanging out, doing this as a side project. And then it turned out to be what it is today with some variations of different leads and guitar players throughout the years. But we finally landed on George. Really, since George uh, McRaeus has been in the band, we've just sort of escalated our performances and our creative process, and it's really been a great experience for all of us, I think.
0: Fantastic. Maybe I'll ask Danny on the drums. What would you say your core influences are as a band? Do you guys all have similar tastes in music, or are you guys all over the place? What makes Sanford Street sound like what it does influentially?
3: Um, Definitely, we share some musical interests and influences, primarily jam-oriented, Grateful Dead, Origination, and then various jam bands that sprung from them namely like Fish, Disco biscuits, Moe, Lettuce and Lotus, other ones like that, you know, but we've found our own groove from those influences and we're more really into more of like a jamtronic groove kind of vibe. That's what we like.
0: Nice. That's what we specialize in. Very good. Guy, did you agree with that? Those are good influences?
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, a lot of it really just came out of, going back to the the original question, like where the, the name came from, when Hatch and I started playing with Danny, he lived in this house on the street, and the street was named Sanford Street. And the guys that lived there had converted... The garage, it was a soundproof music studio. They built a room within the garage. And so we would just go there and we would just jam, you know, and the drums were set up and the amps and everything was in there. And it was right in the middle of a neighborhood. But they did such a good job with the soundproofing that we could just jam and we could just play for hours and hours and hours. You know, a lot of it was just kind of freeform we would record and we would walk out of there sometimes and we would have recordings that were like an hour long, easily like 40 minutes, 50 minutes. And we would just laugh at like how long they were sometimes. And so we would just try, you know, to just stretch things out and just take them as far as we possibly could. So yeah, certainly just like the jam influence and just trying to be creative and trying to, you know, take things out and never really shy away from any kind of sound a jam could get kind of country-ish and then we'll pursue that. It could get like trancey or techno or in all these different types of, of ways. And we would always just chase after it and just see how, you know, how far we could take it. Yeah. So, and you know, we did that for a long time. Does Danny to
0: expand yeah. on that. Yeah, please. We were
3: able at the time when we were younger, of course, to stay late night and really experiment in what we were doing it made us be able to hear each other really well and know a lot of the directions of where we're going. It's just been a buildup since those days that Guy's talking about.
0: Okay. You started about 10 years ago. How long were you in the garage environment before you actually felt comfortable to start playing into the world? Or was that kind of an immediate thing?
4: You know, this is Guy. We didn't play out right away. I think, you know, we were still playing in other bands that were playing out quite a bit. It was actually a while. It could have been a couple of years before we were finally like, OK, you know, let's take this out and see what happens. You know, when we did first start playing out, we played a lot of covers. We didn't have that much original material. And then, you know, as the years went by, we would add more and more original material. And since we've been playing with George, I think he joined us in like... 2015 so it's been quite a while but George has been writing a lot and now we have a pretty good amount of original material so that's really what we're focused on right now yeah so it's just been that kind of transition from you know playing other material to kind of playing our own stuff
0: right talking about the songwriting part of it in the beginning you were playing cover songs so let's start from that beginning phase when you guys decided on the solos did you just play vamp on one chord just play the chorus over and over the concept of the jam and then how did you share tell us where that came from in the beginning and then where it might be today
2: yeah hey, sure. you mind if i chime in please do um To jump on top of what Guy was saying and Danny, our jams—the benefit of just letting these songs run for so long, and we're, you know, we take them to different places. It's a conversation, you know, that happens while we're playing together. But all of a sudden, we'll get a a wild hair and all of a sudden we find this riff that we like or this little musical idea which is why we record every rehearsal or we try to because sometimes we go like hey guys oh you remember when we hit that oh that was such a good riff we need to turn it to a song and then George takes it upon himself a lot of times if if I haven't he'll grab those ideas and he'll take them home and noodle out an idea or guy and we create at least a starting point and then we take it we rehearse it and then it develops almost while we're just practicing maybe this one riff and then we let it jam out a little bit. And then the creative process turns into this, maybe a song, and then we lay some lyrics on it. And once we really lock it in, we've turned it into a song. I think that's how rolling heavies work. That's how Stranger, these little music ideas that pop in during a a long epic jam, and we uh, just flag it and then we revisit it, you know, because we're all happy with it.
0: Nice. All right. So you're jamming out, right? And somebody might just start with, I don't know, a drum beat or a bass groove or maybe the guitar or keys. You know, you guys are just doing that in a jam band situation. Usually when you jam, it's easier to jam on, say, one chord than it is like nine chords. Right. Do you find that over time you're able to go from like just a groove into sections through spending the time together, really being able to allow yourself to be free to find those moments that are really magical. And then what you guys are doing is taking those magical moments because they're documented, then you can make them real songs. I think that's a great format. I love it.
4: Yeah, this is Guy. Um, Yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head there, you know, what Hatch and and Danny were saying. We'll go in and we'll just start playing. You know, Danny might start playing a, a beat and then I'll come in with some bass and then the keys and the guitar and we'll just get going and we'll get warmed up and we'll get cruising. And then maybe 10 minutes into it, you know, Hatch will play this keyboard riff so this is like exactly what happened with Roland Heavy this riff will just come out of nowhere right mm-hmm. and then we'll vamp on that for a couple of minutes and then we'll go away mm-hmm. and if we weren't recording it would probably just be fairy dust right it would just be gone into the into the ether but we'll go back and listen to it and be like wow that was really cool let's pull that out and then it gets added to more the songwriting process where it's like okay well now what is that okay well well maybe that's the verse then what's the chorus going to be and then like without a bridge and then we'll just keep working on it try it 20 different ways until we can all agree on something and then we'll play it all differently the next time anyways, but, you know.
0: <laughs> I love that. Well, that's the spirit of the jam, right? You're in the moment. You go out and play it, so that way it's got a form. There's some retention and the fans can go, oh, I like that one that does that, and I like the lyric on that. So great format. Yep.
3: Danny, I just to expand on that, as a fan myself, you know, music, I can really appreciate when bands do go instrumental and they go into directions that they had not planned you can feel that as a listener it's just a different way of hearing a band and for me like when a band you know they're doing the same thing every night you could really feel it the difference between that and a band that that expands and that just gets out there and takes in a direction that they may have never gone before
0: right when you go out live are you in that same headspace of that freedom or do you have like does it change for you playing live versus being in a rehearsal studio
3: This is Danny again. We always had that desire to be as free as we were in the space, but it's taken a while for that to happen. But what's great is just somehow, you know, within the last year or two, it's really become that it's almost almost sometimes even more free on on a public stage than it would have been before. It took some time to get there. It wasn't easy to let ourselves go to that point.
0: Right, yeah. I think that's natural, right? Is our thing even cool? It's cool to us, but is it cool to others? I guess that validation and then, you know, finding that, hey, you know what? People seem to like what we do. And when I think when you're open it sounds better anyway because you're just in that space of, hey, let's see where this road goes. And then knowing that the band members, and you mentioned it earlier, or one of you that it's really listening to each other. And then when somebody's got something cool that everybody can latch onto it, that's the I think the one of the most major skills in the, the genre of improvisation or jam, being courteous to everyone, I guess first, just say I really am I'm actively interested in listening to what they're doing so I can see if there's a part for me. And then when I'm feeling inspired, then I know that this team is going to follow me on this way because I'm on fire. It's really a beautiful thing. I love it. But I want to hear Rolling Heavy. Is there anything that you'd like to add to the backstory of Rolling Heavy? Other than that, it was created through a jam.
4: Just in terms of the music, you know, yeah, it was just your classic. It just came out of a jam. It's really got a main keyboard riff in there. Hatch starts it with that keyboard riff. I think that just came to him in the middle of a jam. We just really liked it and decided to make a song about it. In terms of the lyrics, I don't know, Danny, do you want to talk about the lyrics?
3: Not to go too deep into the lyrics, but it could be interpreted in many different ways. Let's put it that way. It's for interpretation. Rolling heavy. So, yeah. Uh,
0: nice. All right. We'll leave it up for interpretation. That's that's beautiful.
3: Hi, this is Danny Rossman from the band Stamford Street. You're listening to Jam Frequency Radio. This is our song, Rolling Heavy.
5: and they tell me a lot now.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Jam Frequency radio show. That was Roland Heavy from Sanford Street. How awesome is that? And we are super stoked to have them here to play at the June Lake Jam Fest this September 9th through 11th. So you definitely want to get your tickets and check out Sanford Street. You can do that at June Lake junelakejamfest 2022.eventbrite.com and of course get all the information at June Lake junelakejamfest.org for all the backstories on the band and the things that you can look forward to. Lots of prizes and really great events happening. But we have the pleasure of speaking with Sanford Street and now just joining us on the line is the great guitar player and vocalist from Sanford Street and that's George Macarino. So am I saying that right, George?
1: Yeah, I get this all the time. So you, you've done better than we're used to.
0: <laughs> well, I think I asked the guys earlier so I have a little cheat. <laughs> <laughs> but awesomeness. But yeah, we are really excited to have you guys play here at the June Lake Jam Fest. Tell us, how did you guys come to know Janet and why do you think she chose you guys to play here at the June Lake Jam Fest?
4: This is Guy For one reason, um, I bugged her a lot. Nice. (laughs) Um, so, So last June, we got asked to play the Orange County Music Fest for the first time. That was just an awesome, awesome experience. Great people that organize it, great bands, all of our fellow bands in the area. So I know there's definitely a relationship there between the two festivals. I've just known, you know, June Lake Jam Fest has always just been a place that, we, that we've wanted to be a part of. So we are just beyond excited to play it in September. In fact, we're going to kick the whole thing off on Thursday night at the T-Bar Social Club. Beautiful. Yeah, it's going to be really cool because we get the whole night so we can really stretch it out and we can get into our spaces, you know, really kind of see where things go and give everyone, you know, a, a good taste of Sanford Street. So we're super excited to, you know, get up there early and just get the whole thing going, and you know, also just looking forward to getting up and playing in that area again. Hatch and I actually played up there a couple times. We played at Mammoth Mountain, overlooking Canyon Lodge a few times. Danny was with us. We played at the village in Mammoth, and just love that area up there. It's just so beautiful, and can't wait to get up there and play
0: again. It's a magical place. I'm excited for you guys to experience it through the June Lake Jam Fest because it is such a group of people that are just coming with just great vibes and You come for the music, the great vibes are there, and then, obviously, the magical backdrop is just ridiculous. So kudos for that. Let's talk more about the music, because I'm interested, now that we've got George on the line, when you go into a rehearsal environment with these guys, do you come in with a plan? Do you come in with openness? What is your approach as a guitar player?
1: Hold on, John. That's a great question. Thanks for asking. Um, Let's see. We definitely... Have discovered our own kind of unique sound that we've incubated in the studio over the course of the last, I don't know, seven or eight years. Having gone into the studio and spent as much time as we have in there, we've figured out each of our own kind of nuances and our approach to music and how we all four of us kind of fit together like a puzzle to create a soundscape. If you listen to our music, it's very uh, energetic, it's a driving force, it's something that makes you want to dance to it. So we start by going into studio, coming out with uh, just general structures or ideas twists and turns, and then um, we're really, really good about recording our studio sessions, getting them up on Dropbox or other, and listening through them the following days. I mean, if you go back to our Dropbox archive, we've got, you know, hundreds of folders from each practice. So what I tend to do, and, and Hatch, too, who writes a lot of the material, Hatch and I, on keys and myself and guitar, we pretty much share the writing duties. And by writing duties, what I mean is assembling the chord structures, the structure of the song, and then assigning lyrics to them. So we'll go into studio, we'll incubate some ideas, we'll come out, we'll listen, and then we'll come back into the next practice and say, hey, here's an idea I have. Let's try to work it out. And what's really cool about our process, if you go back to some of our songs, you'll see that they kind of evolve over time. It's a work in process. A lot of times we'll We'll write, we'll test it out on an audience, see if it's something that's grooving for them, and then kind of go back in and tweak. And then each song, like I said, evolves some sort of meaning in the background and that, uh, you know, might take to some lyrics or not. And it just kind of keep going until they finally reach this finished state. Then we move on start up a new concept. So I think our approach to writing is, is always evolving and we're always testing it against each other to make sure it's honest and testing it against the, the audience to see nice. if it's something that moves them. At the end of the day, we want to We want to give them the best possible experience in the two, three hours or whatever we get with them. That also stretches to the experience of interacting with the audience before and after the gig. We're not, you know, standing off in our own world. This is a community we're trying to build. This is a a brand of music that we take extremely seriously. I think that the audience really digs and appreciates that.
0: Absolutely. Now, I wanted to ask you, as the guitar player, and like you mentioned that, you know, you guys are you're all jamming together. The inspiration is is the collective of, the, of all the members. We have different gifts, you know, chordal instruments are going to be able to arrange that maybe better than maybe the drummer, for example. Do you ever come to a rehearsal with a song or is it always kind of inspired in the moment?
1: I'd say 50 percent. And I got to give Danny and uh, Guy credit too. You know, I said that Hatch and I write. The truth is, we're all for writing in that room. Mm -hmm. So, 50% of the time, we're in there working out our kit of parts, our sounds that we can then assemble into structures. And then the other 50% of the time, Hatch and I are kind of back out on our own assembling things. I work as an architect professionally, so I approach music in a very similar way. For me, architecture is organizing spaces and drawings and experiences. So the music is just approached in a very similar way where you can design as a collective, as four people, or you can know what the four people in this case are capable of doing and then write to that. So yeah, I'd say 50-50. No question about it. There's A lot of enjoyment, for lack of a better word, just zone out and um, just really feel the music and go out there. So a lot of our practices will go in with the intent of not going into quote unquote practice. We're just going to go in and make sounds and really just stretch out a little bit. Those are really nice sessions, too, because in those cases, we really elaborate on the magic and on the sound and on the unexpected improvisation opportunities rather than sitting in hard structures. And then other times, okay, we got this really jam fest on our sites. Now we really got to hone down and focus in and lock in that set list and make sure we're, we're tight. Yeah. Every gig is a different opportunity, every song is a different opportunity. Some are looser, more structured than others and we just got to be able to deliver the full spectrum on all fronts.
0: Beautiful. I love that art can be art. And that's what it sounds like for me. You guys are allowing each other's influence to just let it flow and that kind of freedom is really a good example I think for all of us, right? Just sometimes you just got to not not hold on too tightly. And if you come from an architectural background, that can be, you know, very for lack of a better word, kind of a clinical thinking, right? It's, there's a certain brain that says organization, and it sounds like you have both of those skills, where it can be organized, but it can also be in that flow state, like I like to call it. So kudos to all of you, really, for giving that kind of respect to each other and to yourselves. It's, uh, it's really awesome. There's a song I would love to play called Stranger. Can you give us a little backstory on how maybe that song in particular was created?
1: The Stranger again came out of the studio, and it's literally, it's the A minor formation on the guitar, and all I'm doing is just walking down the six strings uh, in that order. The rest of the band's just kind of dancing around that. Gosh, I don't know, let me turn to Hatch or Guy or Danny or other to kind of speak more to it, but it was probably one of the first
4: ones. The four of us wrote and put together and said, okay, now this is a Sanford Street Sound Song. This is Guy. I can add to that a little bit. You know, we talked a lot about our jamming that we would do, and throughout a lot of our jam sessions, there was this common thread where we, we loved to build the jam up really intense and then break down and then kind of go into like this intense, like a trancey techno vibe, really kind of pushing it. In that direction, we would always try to kind of find that space. It's just a sound that I think we all really liked, and it's just got a lot of fun energy to it. It's like this big release. It kind of resembles like a you know like a dance club, you know, in the beat drops. So, anyways, Stranger was like our first chance to take that and put it into one of our original songs. George had the main riff. We added the lyrics, and then after a couple minutes. We do that section, and it's something that we do every time we play it. And it's always different. The build is always different, the drop is always different, but it's kind of the fun of playing that song. Yeah.
1: Where Guy described it the song dropping out. A lot of what we play is we're trying to think about how do we feel in that moment. So, what naturally came to me were the lyrics Hey, Ma, I can fly, reach on up and touch the sky, because it just feels like after that dropout, now we're taking off, you know, thinking about. Either my daughter, this new West L.A. girl or the the ladies in the audience or others. So we're kind of singing to all the West L.A. girls that, you know, this is this is our home turf. We're a West L.A. band. And the audience kind of connects to those lyrics and that that overall feeling.
4: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) When it drops like that, there's just this like emotional release. You know, it almost feels like you could just play anything and it's going to work. That point where point of the jam we're we're pretty locked in. So to me, that's always the main characteristic of strangers is just hitting that spot, hitting that drop. I think the song has a lot of variety, you know, because it starts out kind of slow and feels like it's going to be like this real mellow song, but then a couple minutes later, it could be complete chaos, you know, just complete like driving, driving beat.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Beautiful. I think we need to play this. Our listeners are like on bated breath right now. It's like, all right, they've talked about it. I want to hear it.
2: Hi, this is Hatch, and I'm the keyboard player for Sanford Street. You're listening to the Jam Frequency Radio Show, and this is our song,
3: Stranger.
5: them come to bell out things that make it look real good.
0: ladies and gentlemen we have Sanford Street on the show and that was stranger so good to have these guys on our show anyone that Janet hunt would choose for the June Lake jam fest is going to be special but having talked to these guys and knowing that their passion and how they create music is really unique to them and we're honored to have you guys on the show it really means a lot to us there's so many questions that I will will continue to ask you even as we meet because I'm just I'm, I'm interested in this so you're a jam band maybe you could tell me are you ever a mindset where we have to write a hit to create an album? Or do you not care about that kind of stuff? Where is the path for Sanford Street in your future musically? What would you guys like to do?
1: Uh, This is George, John. I think ultimately the barometer for us is if the audience is enjoying it and the community is getting down. And I I do want to take a minute to acknowledge the community. We've got an amazing series of venues that we play in SoCal. There's all this ancillary support from cameramen to videographers to recorders. The graphics and poster teams, all of these brands and all of SoCal bands, are we're in the same circle, circle of friends. We all play with each other. We all kind of get out and support. So at the end of the day, if I'm looking out at the audience and they're moving to a groove, then uh, that's ultimately the, what tells me
2: that we're succeeding. Mm, nice. Hatchier. Also, to piggyback on what George said, because that, that's important, that, that support crew, which all of those people that record us, film us, shoot us, and support us, wives as well and family, they do this on their own time because they love what we do. And fortunately, we love what we do. When it comes to actually watching, for me, and we've all done this over the years, you played to a lot of empty rooms in the beginning, and you never want to do that again. And uh, you still put your heart and passion into it. But we've gotten to this point where people come to see us do what we love to do. And you can tell that they're moving, they're responding, they're reacting. And that's what's made these people, these ancillary people that want to come in and record us because they love what we do. Or they like the way we look on stage and perform. Really, the biggest passion about this whole thing is like, yeah, we love creating music, but we love to move people with our music. When it comes to a good performance or show or set, an album in the future will hopefully be... A set list that the audience watched that we just were able to go like oh wow they reacted great to this and the song went right into that and we build a lot of our set lists like that and sometimes When we create these layouts for songs before we even do a show, we start to gauge, ah, let's take that song off. You know, it looks like we could probably go to this one better because it changes every time, you know, even the weather, you know, even the type of people that come in, you go, okay, they seem to be grooving a little bit more. And I think in the future, when we do an album, we're going to look back and go, what was our best show? And I bet we'll probably start picking a couple of those songs out there and we're going to lay them out. We do plan to go in the studio and lay out some of our songs. We really haven't done a full on pure recording studio performance yet, and uh, that is on the
0: books. We
2: just want to keep this
0: train rolling.
2: More and more people see us, better gigs, playing for more people and uh, continue to make them move
0: and love what we do. Right. I really do love your humility for I think what art really is and that is we're sharing it and your art is an appreciation for those that are I guess in alignment, right? They're appreciating the music and you're feeding off of them and you know your time in the trenches if you will maybe not the trenches the, the, the studio recording the ease that you guys have in comfort within each other and then to translate that out and then the natural response is that you now have people who love to do the artwork and do the video taping and uh, recording of the songs but there's two different worlds and that's why I ask I guess jam bands because it's like it would be very easy I think for you guys to say you know we created an album from a show that we did last week and we because we just had a great time and it was fun and you can certainly do that but I also like the other side where it's like a recording you know like maybe like the Grateful Dead or it's like maybe there's it's just a different version or a more concise version does anybody uh, outside of the two that answer the question want to be on the cover of rolling stone and want to be a rock star
3: this danny the drummer yeah you know it would be nice of course it would be a dream come true like for for myself you know but at this point we're just going to take it as it comes and just to keep reiterating what's been said it's really making people move and being true to ourselves what we like that we want to put out what we do more than gear it towards what's expected or what we need to do we'd rather be just true to ourselves and put our art out there and let it flow from there. If something comes with it, it's all bonus and gravy. But at this point, it's just about doing live shows and really moving people.
0: Beautiful. I, I love the humility of you guys. It's a, it's yeah. a class act, really. And I, I do respect that a lot. And great things will actually come because of that place, because it's like, hey, if it comes, great, awesome. It's on its way. And if it doesn't, you know what? We're having a good old time and we get to be with our friends and we are doing what we love to do. And that is, I think, the key. All right, let's hear another song, Groovin'. I would love to, to play this for our listeners. Hatch, can you tell us a little bit of the backstory on this one?
2: Yeah, you'll find it It sounds a little different from a lot of our songs. And uh, we go from the trancey to the jam to the funk to the laid-back groove. And, you know, we like to sit back and the song is called grooving. And the verse there's, I've got grooving on my mind. And, you know, it's like sitting on the weekend, just chilling out, maybe having a beer or something, playing music with your friends. But the song is meant to lay in the pocket a little bit. I envision my buddies, not me even being in the band, sitting back watching this band kind of slouched in your chair just drinking a nice cold beer watching this band just be groovy, the space between the notes, like they say with jazz. Mm. And so uh, we pulled this off pretty well, and Danny has a nice pocket on it. We got some good harmonies, and it's just a real simple song that just has a nice groove to it. So it sort of just named itself
4: by the way it feels, I mm. promise you. Hey, this is Guy, the bass player from Sanford Street, and we are on Jam Frequency Radio Show. This is our song, Groovin'.
6: Thank <laughs>
0: Ladies and gentlemen, that was great. Reuven from Sanford Street. So stoked to have them play here at the June Lake Fest this September. They'll be playing at the T-Bar Social Club on Thursday night, kicking things off. And how honored and stoked are we to have them in the house. And for me personally, to have them on the line and to hear about their creative process. But it's now time in our program to throw out some just uh, rando, trivial questions Oh, whatever. <laughs> Maybe a little cheesy to say it that way. But i want like to ask some fun questions and just get these guys to give us their off-the-cuff response responses we'll go in the order of uh, maybe george hatch danny and guy all right so for you gentlemen what would you say your favorite animal is and why
1: oh gosh i'm just gonna take me a second skip <laughs> right.
0: <Let's
1: go> <laughs> <Get> me <laughs> <laughs> well hatch here i would say a cat because they just
2: chill out and they don't they don't really require a lot of maintenance but they just like to hang out with you and just be their own people
1: Actually, John, John.
0: let's do that again. Would you put, put, push that to me, please? Ah, sure. Uh, okay, <laughs> we'll do it again, and you can pick another one, Hatch. Too. Well, we'll edit them all together. Make like fifteen animals. Uh, we like to ask. We like to ask our guests just a, a, a fun question. We'll do a little spitfire here. Uh, first thing that comes to your mind, George. We'll start with you. What's your favorite animal and why?
1: Hang on John. I love that question. Favorite animal is animal from the Muppet Show. Ah, you <laughs> that guys, a killer drummer man. <laughs> no,
0: no. Have you, are you sec- secretly wanting to be a drummer, or is it just that the that that you know animal represents you?
1: I think it represents our drummer, Danny Rossman. The guy's yeah. a madman. <laughs> Very nice. Actually, I would. I, I'm
0: going
2: to stick with cat. I've always had cats. I love dogs, but cats like to chill out and just relax
3: and lay in the sun and be cool. I'm all good with that.
0: <laughs> Nicely done. Danny, what do you got?
3: Well, I'm allergic to cats, so I can't go with that one. But <laughs> I'm going to just go with eagle because the freedom to fly, yeah, that's why. It's the freedom to go wherever they want and no one's going to hunt them down. Well, mm. maybe somebody will, but none of their predators
4: from the animal world generally will.
0: Nice. What do you got, Guy? Nice.
4: Uh, I got to go with dogs. we, We have two dogs here at the house. You may have heard them barking in the background. Yeah, they're great. They're just a member of the family. They're always along for the
0: ride. Excellent. Perfect. I appreciate that. This is a question that is asked of a lot of musicians, but I'm going to maybe rephrase it a little bit. Let's say you're going away for a weekend and you have no phone, you've got no devices, but you do have a record player and you've got an album to bring with you This just for a weekend, right? What is the album that you bring with you? Uh, George, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to go with um, Velvet Underground, Nico. Super Mellow. There's just so much landscape and soundscape on that i can listen to for days
0: beautiful what do you got hatch
1: i would say "Stings bring
2: on the night it's a mix of that cool fusion funk jazz and some stellar
3: musicians so i can listen to that for days.
0: wow good choice and that's a live album right yes it is and that's like 11 minute version is that branford marcellus playing the horn on that
2: yeah and dave sanchez playing the keys you know so uh, yeah Got some really stellar
3: players. So, yeah,
0: Dude, he did assemble some great players for that album. Awesomeness. That's a great record. I love that. And that's a great jam, too, for sure. Bring on the night. Danny, what do you got? I've been really into
3: Avery Corporation lately, so I'm just going to go with The Richest Man in Babylon. I love that album, man. It's just so good. Up, up and down. Beautiful. I love the grooves, and I love what they do with the world style, music, and the fun.
0: Grooving together. So good. Cool. What do you got, Guy?
4: Um, you know, I think I'd I think I'd go with um, Dark Side of the Moon. You know, just um, it's got a little bit of everything. You know, the way it just flows, you can just kind of put it on, listen to it in the background, fall asleep to it, just never gets
0: old. Mm. Influenced so many people, the way they created music is so good. Let's go to another question. All right, you're in middle school. What is your Guilty Pleasure song? George Wittigam. Oh, crap.
1: Again, uh, let's skip me. Let, me. let me think about this.
0: <laughs> well, it says a lot about you, right? It's like I just I just don't want to say the Bee Gees or something.
3: Yeah, that's, yeah, middle school. Now we have to start thinking back a little bit.
2: Yeah, um, what was popular? Mid- middle school, maybe right at the end. uh Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Yes. <laughs> I think it was around that time. Yeah. Maybe, so uh, yeah, I, I, rem- I still remember seeing. I know every word of that song, or maybe I don't know. Right. <laughs> I know the. I know the uh, chorus. <laughs>
0: Well, I love the guitar sound that he had, right? The, the talking oh, box and that. Uh, wow, wow, wow. You know, very cool. Well, I'm glad that you were really, really being sincere. Because sometimes, you know, you, you find the most, well, I was listening to Miles Davis uh, in the kind of blue. And it's like, come on, you were listening to Bon Jovi. You know you were. <laughs> awesome. So <well>, thanks, <laughs> for Actually, I appreciate that very much. Danny, what was your yeah. uh, guilty pleasure in, in middle school? Okay, so
3: I, I, I might be outdating myself, but it is what it is. I'm going with Led Zeppelin, Cashmere on the Physical Graffiti album.
0: What a privileged childhood you had. <laughs> did you have an older brother or somebody that shared music with you? Is that why you were able to get into such cool music at that age?
3: I just know, like the influences maybe in the neighborhood, but I don't mm. know how I did it, why I got into it, I don't remember, but mm. that album was just uh, was just my favorite of all time at that point in life man.
4: and i would walk around with that album
0: dude perfect guy what was your guilty pleasure song or influence in middle school
4: yeah you know i definitely around that time went through you know a big pop phase before classic rock took over my life but yeah so i was listening to some depeche mode probably back then Mm -hmm. some people are people whatever numerous hits that they had any one of them
0: yeah Good choices. Absolutely brilliant songwriters and arrangers and had their own sound for sure. George, what yeah. do you got, brother? Have you thought about thought about one?
1: Thanks, brother, John. Yeah, I have to give this a minute. Just I'm trying to put myself back in the 80s here. Nice. Um, but probably the most cringe-inducing song I, I remember was The Final Countdown by Europe. And it was released in 86, 87 or something like that. It was probably like seven or eight years old. And I just remember these powerful chords coming through and a chorus that just really uh, grabbed my attention. So Europe's final countdown. Dude,
0: and so catchy, right? <laughs> it, really, it, really, it really is. I mean, it, sometimes we can get in our, in our little stigma, if you will. It's like, well, that's just too simple or whatever. But I think, you know, if anybody really was walking down the street and they just had a jam, it would be something like the final countdown or, you know, the Rocky theme or something. So I appreciate your candor, all of you, really, for different reasons. And I love that. I love that you guys jam together. What do you guys do for work? George, you want to start? Or no, sure, you know you sure. know what, George? We're not starting with you this time. We're going to start. There you with, go. Right to, on, we'll, we'll come oh. back to you because you have to think about your <laughs> occupation. <laughs> I was going to screw it up. No. <laughs> yeah, Hatch here. For me, I, uh,
2: I'm i a post-production supervising sound editor. I uh, create soundscapes for television and movies. And we mix them and go to television. And I've been doing that for most of my life or most of my career for the last 20 years to create a process. And had I not continued in mixing albums early early on i probably would end up doing this job anyway it's very similar in the creative balance of sound creating a world and a feeling and emotion that's what
0: i do wow dude that is like the most amazing gig ever i would think i mean if you're happy doing it of course that's that's going to be the key but i mean for me to be able to do that on a daily basis and get paid to do it that's uh, that's something crazy now did you go to college for that specifically
2: no, actually, I went to college to be a band director in music. So I did education and performance with some composition. Moved to California and uh, went to recording school to mix albums and then sort of got roped into a full time job working in television. So uh, that's what I've been doing. Since.
0: Beautiful. But it all led this way. Beautiful. I love it. Danny, what do you do for work, kid?
3: Mine's not as glamorous as Hatches, but I will say what I do is I'm a hardscape contractor. So do. Uh, paving systems and different driveways, pool decks, walkways. We do exterior work, you know, hardscape.
0: Yeah. When you see a job that you've completed, do you ever drive by and just go, I did that? Do you feel that satisfaction?
3: I'm not laying it down to be fair, but I am involved in the creative process of designing it. Ah. So absolutely, I go by. I always want to see what the house looks like, how it fares with what I've put into it. So yeah, it's, it's very satisfying in that regard.
0: I love it. And Guy, what, what what do you do for fun? Or, or do for work? Sorry. <laughs> Hopefully it's fun.
4: Yeah. I work in the video game industry. I've been doing that pretty much my whole professional career. You know, it's creative and I'm kind of like the techie of the bunch. You know, I do a lot of the managing files and do stuff for the website and, and things like that. It's a nice blend of creativity, but also just technology side of things as well.
0: Beautiful. You guys are talented guys. Now, George, do you want to tell us that you're a, an amazing architect again? Yeah, you, I you?
4: wish, my
1: man. I wish. <laughs> We're trying. If um, yeah. you see me on the cover of Architectural Record, that'll be like hit, hit the Rolling Stone. at Samper Street Band. Again, it's music and architecture for me are, are mediums through which our creativity can be expressed. If you think about music, it's designing the art of uh, sound and time, whereas architecture is the art of creating spaces. So both of them express ideas and emotions through uh, through elements that we structure and construct elements like rhythm, melody, harmony. But there's also this mystical and magical dimension behind these elements that that can't be expressed; it can only be felt. What I'm after in architecture, we're after in music, is finding that magic, recreating it, being able to to tap into it, and have a really good time in the meantime. So
0: that's what I do. I love you guys. I cannot wait love to you, meet, meet you in person and get to hear you guys jam live. That's uh, something that I, I really do appreciate. And over the last couple of years, it's been a little bit different environment out there. But I'm really stoked to see you guys this September at the T-Bar Social Club and the June Lake Jam Fest going to be off the chain. Of course, you can get your tickets for the June Lake Jam Fest at June Lake junelakejamfest2022.eventbrite.com or just get some more information about all things June Lake Jam Fest at Dot i'm interested i like you guys right sanford street spelled s-a-n ford street where's the best way for me to find out where you guys are playing upcoming shows you know when that new album gets released
4: we got our website is sanfordstreetband.com that's a good spot and also just follow us on facebook and instagram you know just look us up sanford street we're constantly posting events and things like that so yeah just check us out there
0: Beautiful. Before I let you guys go, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. I really am curious about the song Bridge Jam. Guy, can you elaborate where the inspiration came for that song? We'll leave our listeners with that.
4: Yeah, definitely. During the COVID lockdown 2020 and 2021, we were actually really lucky to be able to play a couple live stream shows. We played these shows live from the Bridge Family Studio over in Burbank. It unfortunately, it doesn't exist anymore. My good friend Nathan Harvey had just this amazing studio over there and he was running these live stream shows our friends groove session did it Um, the Higgs did it a really really great opportunity and people really appreciated that at that time because we were in total lockdown there was no live music at all but we were running these live streams so people could tune in and people were chatting and we could kind of interface with people as we were playing it was just an awesome experience Billy Sunday was there and he set up lights the videos are all on YouTube there's some cool stuff so the bridge jam, that wasn't planned or anything. It's just an outtake from a jam. And uh it was one of our favorite moments from the whole show, from the three shows that we did. And so Hatch actually took it to one of his coworkers who mixed it because all the audio was recorded on the studios, Pro Tools, multi-track. So we got it mixed and um it's the bridge jam. It's no vocals, but it's just some spontaneous jamming.
0: Perfect. I, I love it. I remember seeing Mestizo beat on one of those performances too for the British. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> All of them were great and really a great treat during a COVID time to see such great bands doing their thing. And uh, certainly all of the, the members, like Billy Sunday, all of the parts, like you said, you know, someone's got to be an engineer to, to get the sound, somebody's got to do the lights. And you guys all came together with great music. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank you guys for joining the Jam Frequency Radio Show. I know our listeners are just going to love you guys. Get their tickets basically for the June Lake Jam Fest and see you guys kick things off on Thursday night at the T-Bar. Just going to be an amazing time. And we look forward to meeting with you. So thank you for joining us, really. You Thanks, brother, John. Thank you,
3: Take care.
1: Oh, all right. See Take you soon, Yeah, thank you. This is George Macrinos, lead guitarist with the band Stanford Street. You're listening to the Jam Frequency Radio Show. And this is our song, Bridge Jam.
0: That concludes another fun episode of the Jam Frequency Radio Show. Thank you to the artists for sharing their story and music and thank you for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about the Jam Frequency Radio Show, visit the website at jamfrequencyradio.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you resonated with this week's artist, support them. Go to a show, pick up a t-shirt, download their music, and tell a friend. Thank you again for tuning in. This is John De Maria signing off from the Jam Frequency Radio radio show where words and music kaleidoscope